Time now for the Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Always Positive Jay. Well, two weeks in a row, the news just drops in our lap as the Guardians make a trade. A Some people call a big trade. I don't know if we're going to categorize, categorize it that way. Words are hard, but oh, so fun. And that's right. It's time for the Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. I am Kevin Arnold. He is always positive. Jay, Peter Tellup alongside us as well. We are brought to you by Vector Technical. They'll get the right person in the right job the first, the first time. More information on them to come as the show goes along. I mean, everything's all thrown off because we... We think, oh, well, it's the dog days of summer. Yes, the Browns have started training camp, and there should be news to talk about, but there's not a lot of news to talk about. There was a lot of news yesterday, but it's more national than it is local. But, hey, right before we come on, about a half hour before, the Guardians trade Ahmed Rosario to the Los Angeles Dodgers. It has been confirmed that coming back to the Guardians will be Noah Syndergaard, a who used to be a very good pitcher when the Mets had a great starting pitching lineup. And now it's not pitched well for the Dodgers this year and has not pitched since June. It looks like more of a salary jump or salary dump. Jay, I mean, did the Guardians kind of just get worse? I know people have been clamoring for Tyler Freeman to get more at-bats and, and Ahmed Rosario to get out of there because his defense hasn't been very good this year. Offense was just starting to come along. Did the Guardians kind of get worse? I don't know if they got worse. We don't know. If the next person up gets takes the, gets that opportunity and runs with it, we might get way better. I mean, how many times have we seen innings killed by a Mike Rosario this year? And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to put him down, but he's just not having a very good year for us. Defensively, he's been pretty terrible. But yeah, you trade for Noah Syndergaard, who – at first, like, I didn't even realize what his stats were because I don't pay attention to the Dodgers. And I was, oh, Noah Syndergaard. And then I look it up, and I'm like, oh, Noah Syndergaard. Eee. Seven-something yeah. ERA. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty high. But I think they want a veteran pitcher in there to just eat up some more innings because our bullpen is just cashed right now. And they need a break big time. So I, yeah. I don't think this is the only move you're going to see from them, though. I mean, it better not be. I mean, that's that's probably the next next question we need to get to before we do that. You kind of proved a point for me because on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now, whatever Elon Musk decides he wants to do with that app, it's still more. We're just, can than, we just call it Twitter, please, on this show, like forever? Yes, we're gonna call it. We're gonna call it Twitter. Don't worry. Because yeah, I just follow. can't. I'm not gonna. I, it's. I'm, I'm. I'm still getting used to calling the Guardians the Guardians all the time. I don't want to be called yeah. saying I'm zeeting people and whatnot. Like, nah. Yeah, no, we're not we're not going down that road. We're just gonna stick to Twitter. You yeah. can follow us on Twitter at VTL underscore pod at always positive J at Kevin and Seven and at Peter Telep. And if you're tuning in tonight or you are watching this on replay or even listening to the audio, Google, Spotify, or Apple, tweet at us with your reactions as well. And we will read some either during the show or respond to you during the week. And speaking of Twitter, you kind of helped prove a point for me because I I saw that Ahmed Rosario was traded. Didn't see the details yet. Then I jump on just before I jump on with you guys, and I see Noah Syndergaard. So I go, whoa, 
And then I looked at his stats to make sure before I tweet anything to any reactions. And I saw it and I did just the same thing you did, Jay. I said, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then and I got people coming at me saying that, you know, I'm like all excited about it. I didn't put any ex I didn't put any punctuation with the woe. I didn't do anything like that. Woe can react to many different scenarios. And the woe is not uh, not a good thing in this case, at least from what it appears. Now I mean, dude, there's a whole to- rap song. There's like a million different situations like whoa. <laughs> Right. So, Noah Syndergaard is coming to the best pitching develop developmental organization that is out there in Major League Baseball. I would argue that up and down as often as you would want. How much time left with how much time is left in the season? How much he is available? I know that he was he was dealing with some blisters, but. Um, something that we we do talk about here on this show because we talk about everything and we make sure that reality is still at the forefront of things. I I saw where he was, had been dealing with some you know like mental health issues. He wanted to get better, so they placed him on the IL. So he had an opportunity to do that. So with how much time is left, and maybe depending on how much he is available to this team, I, I don't know. And that leads us to like they we were told that they want to try to get a bat and more pitching well they got more pitching but is it is it going to be able to be to help them this season this can't be the only move that they're able to swing this year oh no i i highly doubt it i really highly doubt it you're only if they're in buy mode they cannot they cannot you're three games you know, out of the division you gotta you gotta go for it and the twins win today i don't know no i think they lost well that's good so, so no we're only out. two so you're even yeah. closer Make the move. Go for it. Like I've been, at, like, you'll see on the video. I go around. And I ask everybody I, when I went to Andre Knott's golf outing, which I'll tell you about later. But we asked. I asked you guys the same question last week. You went 19 years of last place in one World Series or 20 division wins, and I'm pretty sure we all said we would go for the World Series. I didn't say 10 years because I wanted it to be so tough that you actually were like, I would sacrifice 19 years. To get that World Series. That's unrealistic, obviously. The point is, we want to win. Like, this city is dying. We have, Are we now the longest team, the team with the longest streak of not winning the World Series after the Cubs won? We are, yes. Yeah, uh, I don't like want to be on that list no more. I'm done with being on that list. 1948, so we're at 75 years. I mean, our attendance is up more than ever. So, we're putting out. Let's see it, owner. Let's Let's... Kick it back to us, man. Let's get some bats out. Let's get a bat out there. Let's get another pitcher. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm. I want this team to just go all in. I want them to go. I want, yeah. I want them to be one or the other. Like I, we still have a chance to make the playoffs. And when you make the playoffs, there's always that that chance. There's always the opportunity to go. I know that this does not look like a World Series team, but I would rather have the opportunity to see what they do. They play well enough to win the division and get into the playoffs and see what that what that team looks like in a in a playoff series, playoff matchups. Again, here I'll ask you: Is there anyone in the American League right now that you think is an unstoppable force? Like you're just like, well, they're going to the World Series. Like they're just loaded. Like the Braves look like that in the National League, kind of. American League, I don't. Yankees ain't doing nothing. Like. 
Tampa Bay, they started off red hot. They're just pretty good now. They're Texas down is, to earth. Yeah. They, they have no ex- playoff experience. Like, make the move. Go. Get back in that World Series. Like you said, right now, we don't look like a team to get into the World Series. So make us look like a team that can get to the World Series. Like, this young pitching staff is just unbelievable. We are in it, and we had Tristan McKenzie go down and Bieber go down, and we're still in it. Never let that window or that door close. Keep that open as long as you can and keep taking stabs at it, those playoff runs. It's like they dip their toe in the water, but they never dive they never in. jump in. Yeah, yeah. So like you- I, I keep preaching it, Kevin. I'm trying to will it into the universe. I, like, I don't know what what bat they can get, but they got to. There's bats out there. I don't care. Like, everyone's like, well, what are you going to get? Do, I, do you know all the players? No, I don't know all who's all available. They know who's available. There's someone out there that's available. And we have constantly hear about how we have all this great prospects and our farm system so rich. Well, you know, why don't we just dip into that farm system a little bit? That's why I wonder if they're going to possibly think about trading one of these younger pitchers that are, they've got right now and bringing in Noah Syndergaard to get a good bat. Like, that's where the deals are going to – that's where the conversations are going to start because now that Shane Bieber is hurt and mm-hmm. he's on a 60-day IL instead of the 15-day IL, like, no matter how we feel about trading Shane Bieber or not, that option is off, is off the table. What you could have gotten for Shane Bieber before the injury to now, like, you're not getting anything. No one's going to take him because they know he's not really going to be available this year. Now, if he does come back – September 10th, I believe, like the Browns home opener and season opener is like the date that he could come off of the injured list. I mean, maybe a couple more starts, get a rhythm. Maybe he can help you if you're in the playoff race, but who knows where this team is going to be in a month and a half when we get to that point. By August 1st, which is Tuesday, which is the trade deadline in Major League Baseball, this team has got to add offense to this lineup because we have – we have focused so much on defense, defense, defense. And, yeah, the bats warm up in the summertime when the weather is warm. But guess what? A lot of teams come into our ballpark in the beginning of the year and in the playoffs, and they hit home runs. They score runs, and yet we are the cold-weather team that should be able to adjust to it a lot better. We should have the advantage and it's the biggest detriment to this team because we have a lot of guys that just don't have power. It's all of this small ball. You need a balance of now the small ball and the power because that's what baseball is. I, I totally agree with you. And I've been saying, like, I think a power bat would just truly unlock this lineup so that when you, we have all these pretty good average hitters for nowadays, I guess you would say, but when you, how many times do we see two guys on, three guys on, someone else on, and then we, we're out? I want to see more three-run bombs and two-run shots and stuff. Like, make it happen, Guardians. Get out there. Do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm being pointed. I have our resident doctor and baseball expert in the background pointing to her phone. I, she texted me that they might be trying to flip Noah Syndergaard as well. So that's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't think they're done. They're he might not even come here. Yeah, they are. I mean, the Guardians approved. They are very crafty when it comes to trades. 
She's also probably trying to tell me to share this, share the Facebook post as well, so that more people are actually tuning in and, and taking in what we have to say on the show. We should always listen to her. She's wise. The force is strong in that one. Yeah, the force is probably going to be strong in my son. I, the force in me, I don't know. Uh, that's still left up to debate. 32 years in, that's still left up to debate. The Guardians, where they stand right now, I mean, they got back to 500 today, two games back. If they if they flip Noah Syndergaard or they make another move, like these next six days are probably the most crucial week in this organization's tenure. Because if you don't make a move and you try to come back and roll something similar, another similar lineup out where you don't have power in your outfield, you don't have depth in the lineup, you don't have enough depth in your pitching staff because you've worn out so many arms, you roll that out again to your fans. Like the crowds that they've seen this year, I mean, we're going to go back to another 180 next year. I saw Hayden Grove at Cleveland.com. He's come on the show a couple times. He was driving past the stadium. People were lined up for a day game in the middle of the work week trying to get in, and they were treated to a great game. Eight runs scored by this offense. They're averaging close to, if not over, five runs a game in this in the latest stretch. I mean, they're finally into the positives for a run differential. And – so they're making strides forward, but it just the most, the biggest frustration of this team is, and Jay, I'm sure you can attest to this is the, the whole, we have to somehow we gain momentum and lose it so quickly. It's easier for this team to lose momentum than to gain it this year. And that's just, that's just the roller coaster where we've never hit the any, any even close to the peak of the biggest hill on the ride we're just kind of going through the little dips and we just we have not ascended like this team tends to do i don't know if you know message isn't getting across or it's just hey you came out of nowhere last year expectations were high everybody knows who you are and what you were trying to do and they adjusted to you but you didn't adjust back and that's that's a sad thing and that's not that's on everybody i'm not here to this isn't running people out of town. It's just, it's just a matter of fact. Like you can't, you can't have teams look at you, see a target on your back, acknowledge there's going to be a target on your back, and don't do anything about it. We've seen that with the Cavs. We've seen this this with the Guardian. Browns, they never have a target on their back. I mean, it, it's the easy picking target, but once that's that's a different, yeah, that's a different topic, and we'll get to them on the other side of the break, but here's my thing. Kevin. Jay, Jay, by the time we do this show next week, do you think that there will be more depth in this offensive lineup? Yes, I do. I think one, they, like you said, we've been seeing like those start get going. And just like you said, they'll drop off. We need someone to inject some ump into this team, get them fired up again. And two, it's like, I'm thinking Jose did us a massive massive favor by signing that deal he did you have to look at they got to look at that deal like they just got a phenomenal one of once in lifetime quarterback on his rookie deal you have Mm -hmm. every year in his deal 
They should be all in every single year they have Jose on that deal. That is their window yeah. to me. So every year that yeah. dude's on that contract that he's taking that pay cut for, they should pay the team back and the fans back and him back by going all in and capitalizing on this dude's amazing career. Like, Jose Shamir should not be one of the great players that go down without being a champion. With the money that's coming into the sports world nowadays, I mean, Jalen Brown just signed a five-year, $304 million Supermax. And I've heard a lot of NBA experts say, by the time we get five years down the road, and that's, doesn't, that's not a very long road to go down, that that contract is going to look minuscule. I, the, the, that's just insane. And as more money comes into sport, baseball doesn't have a salary cap like basketball does, but they're, that salary cap can continue to rise, and those contracts are going to look more like baseball ones do now. Where is baseball going to go? Wherever it goes, if the money gets more, Guardians are going to be left further and further behind for how they, they have to operate. They're now, they're, they're not the only team, but – at least some of the other teams try to adjust the best way they can. Like Tampa Bay, yes, they haven't played well but uh, as of late, but they have made adjustments to develop the power in their lineup. So they're not paying a lot, but they can still contend with some of the other teams. And they're in one of the toughest divisions in baseball. Guardians need to take a page out of, out of their book. We give them all of our players, so we might as well take a page back from them. Ahmed Rosario, if you're just tuning in, traded to the Dodgers. In return, we get Noah Syndergaard, who's 1-4 with a 7-10 ERA. Has not pitched since June. Been on the IL. And uh, we'll see if the, the veteran coming to a pitching factory can turn it around and maybe help this team down the stretch as they are down three of their top four starters still. Each I mean week... Best wishes to Ahmed Rosario. Thank you for, I mean, yes. you can't say he never hustled. He did, like I always say, as long as you try your hardest, I'll always root for you. And he always tried his hardest. He had a couple great seasons here. This year it's been rough. Well wishes. Wish you the best, yeah. man. And sorry sorry about it, Miles Straw, but you just became – scapegoat number one because they don't have people don't have a med rosario to they keep making plays like he did today in the outfield he had two great plays it, it just i know keeps them afloat <laughs> we see the reality i'm talking about the, oh i know the, they're the, gonna the come people after. that they always have to find that one or two person on the team to completely just destroy and try to run out of town and then stand on their platform and and love it and then they will complain when who they wanted to take that spot doesn't necessarily work out because it's a different role for that player and it takes a big transition other freeman hope you're up for it buddy i know you can hit and i've seen you in the minors before let's let's make a change there at uh at shortstop let's see a little bit better and i would not want it to be those that wanted to med rosario out of here what they would do to tyler freeman and if that doesn't improve but Baseball-wise, we know we're going to keep talking about it. The season is still going on, and by the time we get to our show next week, there might be some other new Guardians to talk about, and we will touch on that then. But, hey, 
I know they're not in season yet, but training camp did open. So we are officially into the preseason for the Browns. We'll talk about them and some NFL contracts on the other side. This is the voice to land on the Big Play Network. Whether you're looking to hire new talent or start a new career, Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has helped thousands of job seekers advance in their career with reputable partners throughout Northeastern Ohio. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. With an above average hire in rate of one in four candidates, Vector works hard to connect the right person with the right opportunity the first time. Vector Technical hires for skilled manufacturing and light industrial work and is sure to have a career that you've been looking for. To learn more, visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com. Welcome back to The Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. Just got done talking baseball, Guardians, again, the news breaking just before we came on tonight. Ahmed Rosario no longer with the Guardians. He is headed to L.A. And in return, Noah Syndergaard coming to Cleveland. As more details come out on it, we will try to update those as we are on the show here tonight. We do switch gears to football. It is the start of the preseason. Browns opening camp reported on Friday and then flew and practiced now four days at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. A lot of talk about the Greenbrier, what it has to offer. Browns on off day today. Jay, just your from kind of what you've what you've seen. I know that the defense had a really good day yesterday. They're just they're just starting to ramp it up. They have to. They're in a much earlier state than most other teams. Most other teams are just starting to break into camp. Jets and Browns have been going since last week. Things you're seeing out of the Greenbrier comments from some of these some of these players. What are you liking? What are you not liking? Or doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter, Kevin. I'm trying. I was like, maybe I, I come up with some good take, and really, it just doesn't. I know. Matter. I was stalling because I could see your, I could see your eyes, and I could see your mind just spiraling like, out of control, trying to figure out what to say. I, you know what? The most interesting thing out of all the training camp I heard, and the best thing, the funniest thing I heard, is Gerard Cherry, who is humongously jacked, was afraid to go play with the birds today in the Hawks and stuff with Tony Grossi. That was the only thing that's honestly, I swear to God, it's interested me throughout this whole thing. It's, oh, the defense is ahead of the offense. Well, they should be because they know what plays they're doing. They've ran – they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, what do I, I – I don't care what they do in this offseason. Every offseason we get hyped up every single year, and it's just like, does it matter? It won't matter until we actually see it translate. Like exactly everybody, everybody says like, this is the most talented roster we've had. And they're, they're saying it like it's some new thing. When have we heard that before, Jay? This is the best roster this team has had since 99. I've heard that half the time that they've been back since 1999. I think in 2016 and 2017, especially 2017, we kind of knew that, boy, this team doesn't look very good. It looks like they're just tearing it down to the, bare bones they're really going for money ball here we didn't expect to see 0 16 but that's where we that's where we got to we got to rock bottom and yet we still all our memories of actual football that matters 
is finding new ways to lose instead of reinventing ways to win here in Cleveland. I know that Miles did speak, though. That was one of the we don't really talk about press conferences here on the show, but that's one I wanted to touch on with you, Jay, because we know the comments that Malik Jackson, former Brown, made about Miles Garrett because he was here, he was in the locker room, and brought into question his leadership. I think Miles took the right route and how he responded, but just like your reaction to kind of Malik calling into question his leadership and how Miles decided to respond and, and some of the videos we've seen of him actually like, you know, not just for the camera, but him working with some of the younger guys. I thought the dude, what he said was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> when I heard that a while ago, I'm like, they're like, oh, he doesn't lead. He doesn't show like, do you see how huge and cut and Jack that dude is? It, he, he doesn't take days off. He works out like LeBron. Like he is leading by example. And he said it perfectly. Like, not all leaderships are stand-up rah-rah guys like Ray Lewis. Some of them are like, like we said, Nick Chubb, who just also lead by example, work hard. And I see him out there trying to help the young guys on videos and stuff. Like, I never see him straying away from his teammates or nothing or being a me guy ever. Like, I don't know. I think it is some of the criticism he catches is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, some of the criticism he does catches is definitely ridiculous. Now, other criticism, I've been critical of him. I mean, I want to see the next step in leadership. If leading by example is his style, the next step in leading by example is making the play at the end of the game. Now, he's made plays in the game. I'm not here to say that he has never made a play by the at the end of the game. But and a lot of people probably throw stats at me to say, like, oh, he's, you know, we – uh, he's the most blocked player in the league. Yes, I know that. He's made this many plays in the fourth quarter of a close game. Yeah, I, I know that this, there's stats out there, but in those bigger matchups, eye test-wise, he makes big plays early and then goes away when the game is still close and it's on the line. Yeah, we trust the, a lot of fans trust we have the quarterback now to bring us back if we're down, like that quarterback to have that clutch gene. But guess what? If you score too early, your defense needs to be able to make a play. You need to be able to get off the field. You need to get off the field on third down. I still go back to sack on second down in the divisional round. We can go, we can say that the dirty Dan did us dirty in that game against Kansas City in 2020. But you have a backup quarterback in. You get a sack on second down, put him in third and long. Patrick Mahomes, you feel like he's in third and two when a third with a third and 13. Chad Henney, that better be a third and 13. That feels like a third and 18. Feels like third and a mile. We make the sack. We're celebrating our, our individual accomplishment. Chad Henney goes and runs and puts him in position to get a fourth and inches. Of course, Andy Reid's going to go for that and seal the game away. Those are the moments. Now, we haven't had many playoff moments. I know that. But if you're going to win a division, these AFC North games, Jay, are going to be close. People can say that Pittsburgh sucks. I mean, yes, Pittsburgh sucks. I hate Pittsburgh. That's a common thing on here. I hate Pittsburgh. But in reality, they have not had a season below 500. They have a culture. They have a coach that has established 
what he wants to do and gets players to play above maybe what they are. Kenny small hands get beat us in the last game. Those kind of those kind of games you're going to have to win to win this division. And it's going to come down to either the quarterback making the play or the quarterback of the defense. And that we go to Miles Garrett for him or Denzel Ward, someone on the back end, someone's going to have to make a big play, and that's going to decide whether this team goes over 500 or not. I'll put it, I mean, I'm not going to make any excuses. This year, there's, there's no excuses for anyone on this team this year, Miles Garrett included. He has the defensive line around him now that he's never had before. He's got a complimentary uh, end on the other side of him that's better than anyone he's ever had before. They can't triple and double team him no more. They will the other guys will kill him if they do it, especially the way Jim Schwartz is going to be rushing five guys most of the time. So, I mean, I think he might have a career year, like for real, an unreal year. But if he doesn't, then all those people were right that were always doubting him and saying all this stuff. And I thought, and and I thought it was uncalled for a lot of stuff I've heard. Mm -hmm. And, but this is his year, man. This is the year make or break year to see if are you truly the elite best pass rusher in the league? Are you just another pass rusher that's in the league? Yeah. And let me be clear. I don't, I've never doubted his talent. I've never doubted that uh, the, the blocking schemes the teams have gone against, like he has gotten very little help to, get around that. I mean, it's one thing to get around one guy and even two guys, he has the strength to do that. But if you got to get around three guys and they bring a fourth one over as I they, mean, there's so many videos with that dude. And I, you see, he's got the tackle and then the tight end double team. He spins around him and then the running back chips him. And then he's still almost close to the quarterback. Like he truly is a phenomenal talent. Like he is, he is now. And from a different spot along the line, but Aaron Donald has, you know, people know Aaron Donald is a great defender and, you know, he's been able to make some of those key plays in those Mm -hmm. in winning time. That's, that's that next step. And I think part of that is, and we've almost kind of seen it. Again, we don't talk about press conferences a lot, but if you notice Kevin Stefanski is a little bit more forthright, a lot of these players, a little bit more forthright, like, We've heard them talk like Kevin Stefanski before, and now Kevin Stefanski's turning into more being more forthright. The players are becoming more forthright. Kevin Stefanski feels more comfortable. The players feel more comfortable. Kevin Stefanski's having, you know, they're putting in the work, but when it's you know, practice is done, they're they're taking advantage of building chemistry, building relationships amongst the roster, having some fun, feeling calm. Players are are showing that as well. Like those things. Those are those things that matter, not what they say, but how they're saying them, what their body language is telling you. That's always the things to watch in people. And it sounds like from Miles that that defensive player of the year thing, I know in the back of his mind, he still wants it, but I think he's focusing on what he can do and what, how he can help the team win from a leadership standpoint, on field standpoint, he's focusing on the team aspect of his talent instead of just the individual accolades for his talent. And I think that'll be what helps the individual accolades come back around to him by focusing on doing those types of things. And that's the Miles Garrett we always want to see. And hopefully the changes that they made with defensive coordinator along that defensive line 
hopefully those help out. Do you know what the one thing te- we keep talking on bring this back of all of training camps, you know it's the most important thing all the time every day I look for the no news. No injuries. Yes. That's all I ever want to hear about. That's- well, you know you won't you won't ever see no news because if there is the no news that you're referring to, and I don't want to put it out there in the atmosphere right now, but everybody knows the no news that we're looking for. If if there is no news, which is a good thing, news is gonna be manufactured because they gotta talk. You yeah, gotta talk like, rounds. like like defense you gotta, beating the offense. Like they haven't even played got, a game. Do, got, we gotta hear about something. If your your job is to go out there and write, you're gonna have to write about something. Right. I understand that. Right. I'm not I'm, I'm not taking issue with that. I'm just saying, like, we have to have that that Brown story because, like, they haven't played a game. Guardians are playing games, but like, we can't we we can't allow that to be the the no, lead story, you know. So that's the only um, you know issue that I take. But I, I don't. I mean, the people that cover the Browns, the people that cover the Guardians, the Cavs, boy, I mean, there's tenured veterans on those media rows and the stories that they write, the way that they how they get their information, the sources they've built up. I mean, trustworthy is, is like, that doesn't even do it justice to explain how good those people are. Now, some of the football stories that are coming out involve contracts. We will go a little around the league, around the NFL, kind of react to, there are some quarterbacks up for extensions. One just got one that affects the quarterback in our division. And Aaron Rodgers got an extension today, too. Well, you know, I'm trying to tease this going in the break. Mm, and just one, I knew you knew it's one. Well, you know, there's one. There's ones that are rookie contracts up for extensions. One got one that affects another one in our division, plus the running backs. Where do we stand on the conversation around the running backs and their contracts? Saquon, what are you doing? We'll talk about that next right here on The Voice of Land the Big Play Network. Are you struggling to hire the right talent or maybe even find the right career? Vector Technical makes it easy. Since 1992, Vector has provided Ohio employers with a reliable process for hiring and have helped thousands of job seekers advance in their careers. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. We invest time to get to know each client and candidate personally. Vector places people in job opportunities that they are truly excited about. Interested in learning more? Visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com to see a full list of our current job opportunities and to find out what Vector Technical can offer you. Get your gear at voiceofthelandcom forward slash shop. Welcome back again to the Voice of the Land, our Wednesday, July 26, 2023 edition of the show here on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, always positive. Jay Peter, tell up with you tonight. And we appreciate everyone that watches us on replay or listens to the podcast audio form as well throughout the week. And of course, thank you to our sponsor, Vector Technical. Again, as always, they get the right person, the right job the first time. There's guys that have jobs, though, in the NFL, and they're trying to keep those jobs, extend those jobs, or rework how the verbiage in their contracts are around the league. We'll start with the quarterbacks, Jay. And 
I know that you mentioned before the break, Aaron Rodgers got an extension. He came out and said that he, he would be doing, quote, a disservice to the Jets if he only played for them for one year. So the language in the contract, so it allows for him to play at least two seasons this year and next year. How far beyond that, we don't know, but that's going to be up to him based on his age and how he feels, how his body feels. Hopefully gone after two seasons. Most likely gone after two seasons. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, dude. I find him highly, highly annoying. No, just slap me in the face next year when we're in the offseason. There's, you know, the only big story out there is what Aaron Rodgers said, because I am not going to be covering that. Everybody else can talk about it. I am done with Aaron Rodgers. I can't. I hope that we beat them on that Thursday night towards the end of the year. Which, by the way, did you see their legacy uniforms? Their alternate uniforms? Like They're white with like... All right, nothing special at all. Everybody was like so jazzed about them. The, again, the, ba- the best alternate slash throwback that I've seen is the 1990s Seahawks one. That one looked clean with Smith and Jigba in their... That one was uh, good. It, I love the old Oilers ones. Those are sweet. See? All right. So you got a problem Real with quick. them being playing as the Oilers real quick though. yeah what are we what are we doing they were never the Oilers I know that the Oilers franchise moved to Tennessee just like the Browns moved to Baltimore and the name changed but they were never the Oilers in Tennessee I, I luckily Houston has a team now so they won't be but they have do they have see. the history of the Oilers for their franchise like we have the Browns and the Ravens I don't know I'm asking like I don't because if they do the Houston Texans can never use the Oilers like and I'm sorry that uniform needs to be on the field it's just too damn good looking dude yes it is clean it looks great love the look of it just I don't know it's a to me it's a bad look there's no oil refineries that I know of philosophically philosophically it's a bad look not the actual combination of colors and uniform I agree with you uh, it just, it seems weird. I don't want to get us off track too much because we're actually like kind of on time tonight. <laughs> um, but the quarterback contracts that kind of matter that we have our side eye on as Cleveland fans is are the ones that were drafted a few years ago. Justin Herbert in Los Angeles with the Chargers just got his extension to keep him with the Chargers, I believe, through 2028. Well, there's a quarterback that went to Ohio State but won a national championship at LSU, now playing back in Ohio with the Cincinnati Bengals. That is one Joe Burrow. You know, you've seen all the pictures with him being Cleveland sports fan, but now he is in Cincinnati. Jay, do you think he's now extension eligible? Do you think that the Herbert contract is going to have any sort of impact, or is uh, the Brown family just going to – continue to be cheap because their owner made some weird comments their owner's weird anyways (laughs) i mean he's got a lot of weird comments out there if you ever watch he's a weird dude but do you think that we're gonna see a a a saquon situation with him him and the giants that we'll see with burrow and, and the Bengals because of penny uh penny pinching i mean as most people know like the cincinnati Bengals are cheap because they're not the billionaires that own it. They're just a football family. Paul Brown's family owns it. Like the, the team is what they make money. They don't have outside sources. 
So if they do like go all in with Joe Burrow and they make him the richest person, you might see a lot of trades after that. I think a lot of people be gone. I think it's going to depend on how the season shakes out. Really, I mean, because if it's if if they're if they don't get into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs, then I think they're going to cut their losses. With, with Joe it. Burrow, yeah, no, because they're cheap. No, Peter, do you? That dude's Peter, one of like you, probably the second best quarterback, if not third I, best. Quarterback. I know, but when you're looking well, at a at a ownership that doesn't have like the outside money coming in, I mean, you look at look at the Haslam's, okay. They spent a ton of money for Watson, okay? But they're still, it's like, they have a lot of money coming in from his businesses. And they're still, they have minority owners, you know, ship. There's always there's always ways, they're, you know, they're re-looking at the uh, naming rights for the stadium to bring more money in. So if you have a family that doesn't have that money, if they're, if the team falls off, It'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get because look at the way contracts are going. Contracts are they're not going down. No, I mean, but the teams also aren't making less money. It is unlike baseball. They're shared profit. Like all the teams make yeah. the same amount of money, so they're not like poor. Poor. Don't get me wrong. They're just they don't have the billionaire backers like all the other teams right. do. But they definitely have enough money. They make enough money to where they're gonna, they can keep Joe Burrow. If they got rid of Joe Burrow, that would kill that franchise. Their fans would revolt on him. They would lose tenfold if they got rid of Joe Burrow. Like no one would go to the games anymore. Their fans would be pissed. They'd all become Browns fans. I wonder if any of them are kind of up in arms right now, because what peter just described if they follow that they kind of wait and see how this year four goes that's the browns approach with baker mayfield Mm -hmm. joe burrow and baker mayfield are nowhere near the same level as much as i i am i would i still support baker mayfield i'm not like rooting for him to win or anything but i you know i was a baker supporter and i don't have any ill will against him i didn't have any need to drag him through the mud like some other people did to try to get him out of out of town he again another scapegoat for issues that went much deeper than just one person but if they take the browns approach of baker mayfield i can admit 10 times over 100 times over joe burrow is way bigger way better way higher on the upper echelon of quarterbacks than baker mayfield can ever dream to be in the national football league they should be looking to get this deal done right now. You let this go into the final year of the contract. Boy, that's where contract we've seen it here in Cleveland. I'm I'm not saying like, I'm going to be, you know, looking at it and like trying to follow it intently, but I mean, probably be laughing at them for dealing with these issues because it's not us, Mm -hmm. but you go into the last year of the contract, those meetings, those talks, those get messy. Well, if they're messy, if they're messy, smart, messy. If they're smart, they will lock him up now. How, how did as, everyone as see the Lamar Jackson before he actually signed and stuff? How did everyone see the Lamar Jackson thing full, unfolding? Everybody said he's going here, he's going there. Mm-hmm. He's no one had him staying. Where right. do you end up going? They don't. Guy, teams don't let franchise quarterbacks go. You guys, they never let him go. 
they'll bitch and moan right. and have standoffs like you might say or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're going to pay the guy. Right, I wish. Oh, God, I pray they couldn't pay him and he had to leave this division. Yeah, from a, <laughs> from a fan standpoint. But right now, we'll look at it as, like, as media people. because I mean, that's what we're trying to be, and that's what we consider ourselves anyways. Just an unbiased type outlook on it. You don't want that to get messy because, I mean, somehow Lamar, they were able to convince Lamar to come back because that looked like he, he was out of there because it just, the treatment. Now, his mistake was not having an agent. Exactly what I was going to so, point on. So that's probably where the ability to come back around and come back to the team and sign an extension came from because either he realized it or just, you know, not having that person in his ear telling him what's smart to do and not. From a business standpoint, every decision he made wasn't necessarily smart. When I also don't start Joe just doesn't come off as that kind of guy. My he fear is he's gonna give him a damn But discount. everybody wants their money. If you earned it, everybody wants their money. We we can only dream of uh, a tenth of a percent of that money yeah. I that don't, these guys get. I don't but, I don't get the feeling from Burrow that he would I, he would not do a Jose Ramirez. No, I don't think he'll give that anywhere near that close of a deal. No, but I think what he's going to do is what kind of they all do because you want the you always want to be the next higher one. Yeah, for the next yes. guy, and you're doing you're not doing it all for yourself. You you want the contracts to keep going up as a whole as a football. Yeah. Exactly, you're raising up everyone else behind you. That's one of the big reasons I, why Jim Tomey had to leave and like man or in Albert Bell like. He's like, I, I, I have to take this money because everyone else is dependent on me to go and take that contract, mm-hmm. which sucked, but yeah. hopefully that ends up that what happened in Joe I, I want to <laughs> jump back to the uniform thing you were talking about before because when Kevin, you guys were talking about this, it made me think. When Tennessee moved, when Houston moved to Tennessee, the first two years in Tennessee, they were the Tennessee Oilers. Were they? Yep. Because I remember, because I re- I remember thinking that when they moved, that what the hell does Tennessee Oilers? It's kind of like the, the Utah Jazz, you know. Utah is known for its, you know, rip roaring jazz scene. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so in '97 uh, and '98, they well played remember those... the Jazz were the were in New Orleans. Well, no, I know yeah. that, well, that, that was my point. Yeah. Is they they moved yeah. to Utah and the name didn't didn't make any sense. But yeah, yeah. same with Ten- the Lakers. So ten- yeah, so Tennessee was actually. The Tennessee Oilers in '97 and '98 before they became the Titans so, in '99. Now so. you can like the jersey, Kevin. See, yeah. So there you go. Your technicality because was I, just ruined. I'm sorry. Because I honestly, when you Kevin's brought, like, no. When yeah, you brought up the Oilers, I never like when I see teams move. I never yeah, like when I yeah, see I teams see. move because because of what we went through. So. But I like the old Oiler uniforms. Yeah, they were one of the cooler. Yeah, uniforms they were. They were sure. kind of cool. So. Yeah, I mean, you think of like Warm Moon, like that number one exactly. on the back, exactly. like that's. Um, that's, like, that's to me, definitely. that's iconic, man. That's. Yeah. Well, man, and, an Eddie I mean, George Oilers jersey would be a cool jersey to have. And I think he played on that. I think he did wear one of those jerseys. Yeah, he might have, but he's one of those guys that, you know, he was playing when running back mattered. Does. Yeah, the NFL has definitely not prioritized the running back position. Derrick Henry is is one exception, and Nick Chubb is now considered the by out people outside of Cleveland starting to be considered the best running back in the league. But 
running backs like Saquon Barkley and and uh, Josh Jacobs. Dalvin running backs. Cook. Dalvin Cook. He ain't got a job. Signed. Cream Hunt, no job. Devalued is the running back position in the NFL. And I understand from like a scheme standpoint, the way the NFL has gone to a passing league, the way that some of these players are being disrespected. Now, I can't feel sorry for Saquon Barkley anymore. Let me just say that right off the top because you're clamoring about the the franchise tag. You're not going to sign it. I might not. I might. I'm considering not even playing. He dropped a bunch of expletives and which could have been somewhat career altering to do that and go at your team. Well, guess what? They offered you $900,000 more for a one-year deal. So it's not considered a franchise tag. Okay. You sign back. That's, that's, that's fine. You decide to go on another one-year prove a deal, proving that the injuries are behind you, but you don't get a no franchise tag clause. They can do this to you again next year and you're right back in the same boat. So then when you start going on the mountaintop and, crying boo-hoo or crying wolf no one is going to come and listen to you then you make the running back position less important to those that are trying to support you outside of nfl ownership group the way that running backs beat like their bodies beat up i mean they should be compensated better and saquon barkley was right to kind of lead that and they did the zoom call nick chubb came out in defense of all the running backs and then, you know, Barkley kind of goes and does that. Boy, that Zoom meeting really helped. Oh, man. Nick Chubb said something that was it was probably the most interesting thing about it all was they want you to be a bell cow running back, and they glorify you if you run for 200, uh, 200 carries in a season, but then they hold it against you. Like, you should be rewarded for that. Like, Running back is just such a grueling position, and they expect you to just keep taking that ball and shut up and do your job and pound away, and we're not going to pay anything. Like, the NFL is just so damn greedy, it's ridiculous. Absolutely it ridiculous. I mean, that's I mean that's why you're, you know, you're seeing deals for, yeah, at best, the 20th best player in the league. I mean, are they going to start breaking down where they're just – teams are slotted instead of just a whole team cap like you have 20 million a year for a quarterback you could spend i don't know if you could do that. I'm, that's I'm, probably not yeah but they need to do something I mean, because these running backs are just getting disrespected it, it is yeah the true most warrior position on a team and you're getting concussions you're blowing your knees out like look at all those old school running backs how they walk now like they struggle <laughs> And you're not going to reward them for that? Yeah. Uh, again, are should they be making more than quarterbacks, wide receivers, stuff like that? Maybe not. But, I mean, it should the gap should be a lot closer than it is. And the, the ability to get these contracts done should be a lot easier than it is. Like, it shouldn't get to the point that Saquon got with the Giants and Jacobs got with the Raiders and, and, and all of that. You can You can talk about their talent or their availability for their team all you want having a healthy Saquon last year, boy, that helps his quarterback, Daniel Jones, get paid $40 million a year. Do you think Daniel Jones is worth $40 million a year? Hell no. Hell no. And look at the – all you got to do is look at the record with Saquon on the field with Daniel Jones and, and, and off. 
two different quarterbacks. You see, I think, more of the real quarterback with Saquon off the field. That dude, we all knew he was going to be talented. Injuries have just hampered him. Christian McCaffrey, injuries have just hampered him from being that. But the talent should still win out. And if they're healthy, you know what you're going to get out of them. You know you're going to have one of the most dynamic playmakers on the field in that game, no matter if people game plan for them or not. They're going to make plays, and they're not being paid for that, which is an absolute shame. Do you ever get annoyed when people like point out how like the Super Bowl winning teams never have good running backs? But then I look at like the good running backs and I feel like they never have good quarterbacks. Like no one ever does the flip side to it. Like Delvin yeah. Cook, you had the the most average overhyped quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I mean, who was who's Adrian Peterson's best quarterback? You don't even oh. know who his quarterbacks are. Because it was Adrian Peterson's show. Guess what? Yeah. The last one I could think of, Emmitt Smith, he had at Troy Aikman. They just kept winning Super Bowls. Think of like, I know. I'm trying to think of like Delvin Cook. He's had Kirk Cousins. Who else? Uh, the guy in Tennessee, Derrick Henry. He's got Mr. Average, Ryan Tannehill. Like, yeah. And all it takes is one team to buck the trend, win the mm-hmm. Super Bowl with a good running back and a good quarterback and, you know, balance pieces all over the field. I mean, Leonard Fournette helped the, the Buccaneers win that Super Bowl a lot. Is he was he the elite running back? He no, but he was a damn good running back. Yes, and again, it just takes one team to buck the trend, and then mm-hmm. it, guess what? The copycat they now league. set the trend, and everybody tries to follow suit. Oh, this is how you win a Super Bowl. We've never won a Super Bowl. Let's let's do it this way. Figure out what works best for your team, the talent that you have put players in positions to succeed and on the business side pay them for how they how much success they bring your organization like that there should be more of a balance there it's not our world to decide what those figures are and everything like that but like how could the team just say running backs aren't put, like all that important if you have a Nick Chubb on your team, you're going to tell me that does not help your team immensely win games? You're crazy if you think that. Like, the only thing that kept us in games. Exactly. That's for sure. But with that, we hit our final break of the Knights. On the other side, eh, quick five minutes because there's a big game coming up at 9 o'clock. What are we talking about? I'll give you a little hint. This is the Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Are you looking for a career in manufacturing? Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has partnered with some of the biggest and the best companies throughout Northeastern Ohio. The recruiters at Vector Technical will coach you through the entire job process and will help you land an opportunity that you are truly excited about. Vector does not add any additional fees and offers benefits as well as free online skills training through Penn Foster. To learn more, visit www.vectortechnicalinc.com and make sure to check out our job board to see a full list of our current opportunities and apply. One. And welcome back one final time to The Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, always positive, Jay. Peter Tillip. We were talking American football on the other side and you know, players that uh, players that make an impact on their team or, or not, not compensated for it. And one team to buck the trend, doing something different than anybody else is doing, and they still win a championship when people don't think it's going to work. 
Well, you could argue that the U.S. women's national team in the real football, soccer, as we call it here in America, as they are in group play at the World Cup, the 2023 World Cup in Australia, New Zealand. They are playing in New Zealand coming up in just four minutes against the Netherlands, a team that they faced off against in the 2019 World Cup final, beat them 2-0. Uh, the last game that these two teams played was back in, say, 2021, and they uh, both teams drew 2-2. I think it was just like one of like their little small tournaments in the U.S. won uh, PKs in that match. Now, U.S. taking a different approach than we have seen. Usually it's with the women being so dominant on that side, men have not gotten to that point, have not cracked the top top 10 teams in the world, let alone hoisting a World Cup trophy. The women have hoisted four World Cup trophies, and they've won the last two World Cups. Usually you see, like, it's one core group of players, and they kind of go for three or four World Cups, and then a whole new group kind of comes in different approach this year is some of the old players are mixing with some of the new generation of talented youngsters with the U.S. squad. And I think in game one, while they should have won by more, Jay, I think you saw some of that chemistry still trying to be figured out. They haven't played a lot of matches together with this type of, with this actual roster. You've either seen U.S. women's team either have more of the young players or even, or some of the older players. The World Cup roster, when it was picked, was a good mix of both. I think that they're still trying to work out that chemistry. Yeah, that's going to happen in any sport. You get a new team together, and you're going to need to work chemistry together. And I, You just hope that they continue to get better and better as the World Cup goes on. And I think I heard you say it on the radio. Is this, they have the opportunity to be the first team ever to win three World Cups in a row. Is that go for men and women? That goes for men and women. No Let's men's team has ever won. Man. Now I'm even more excited about it. I I would love nothing more than to to make history and again continue to prove why women's sports matter just like men's sports. Like it's it's all sports. I, I don't even want to distinguish it between men's and women's. I know like it, it, that's just what it is. But I mean, who's been more dominant? The women's side is the people may argue that the you know the talent level across the world is not the same that it is across the world on the men's side that's that's totally fine but there are plenty of talented countries talented squads around the world and the u.s could just continues to roll out talented roster after talented roster after talented roster and they develop these players men's team take note Jay, you were talking, you were said in the break, you wanted to mention some of these names are on, on the roster. So let me go through some of the names that people may know if you have watched this team in the past. Alex Morgan, striker. Some, some people may know that name. Megan Rapino, Julie Ertz, Lindsey Horan, one of the captains. Rose Lavelle had a beautiful left left the curler in the final against the Netherlands back in 2019. And she's coming off goalie. injury. Our goalie is a listener, her second World Cup with this team. I mean, the, def the defenders keep everything in front of them that just makes her job easier, and yet she has the mental toughness. One of the hardest things to do in the sport of soccer, playing goalkeeper, is if you're dominating possession, you're dominating the offensive attack on the other side, and just like with Vietnam, 
five nights ago, they weren't really getting any shots any even close to the net. But that one opportunity or those two opportunities they get, they come 60 minutes apart. Boy, you got to have a lot of mental toughness as a goalkeeper to react, focus. get down, or focus and make that save. Now, some of the, the newer names that people may not know, Jay, need to highlight someone like Trinity Rodman. Yes, that is Dennis Rodman's daughter. Oh, really? Savannah. Yes. Yes, Trinity Rodman is Dennis Rodman. Oh, cool. Yes, one of the best rebounds, rebounders in NBA history. His daughter is, a, uh, I believe, 20 years old, uh, one of the bright young stars for the team. You have, I'm just kind of going through here, Sofia Huerta on defense, Savannah D'Amelio, Alyssa Thompson, Sophia Smith. That is a name, Jay, if we, if, if not for anything else in a soccer conversation on the women's side of the game, Sophia Smith is a name to watch out for because this, I'm telling you, as a first-time World Cup participant, this girl has has it whatever that is in soccer she has it this is going to be someone that is probably going to you know be that next alex morgan or whatever like that name that you go to everybody goes to mia ham or brandy chastain from the 1999 world cup a lot of people will go to uh, or they'll go to the goalkeeper brianna scurry they'll go to alex morgan they'll go to abby wambach as a as a former top player sophia smith is that next is part of that next wave. And I think that she has, she definitely has not only a bright present, but a bright future ahead of her. And I look forward to seeing how she reacts in a big matchup with the Netherlands here tonight. Go, go USA. Let's get another win. Let's, let's put ourselves at the top of the group here tonight. It's only game two. It's still the group stage. We're not in the knockout stages yet, but you know, a loss tonight would not be something that, they want to go into and try to look at goal differential and all those other tiebreakers going into the final group match play later on this week. Is there a sport we don't talk about? Do we talk a lot of different sports in the show? We did fishing, soccer. Have we probably talked on hockey at one point? We've done golf. Yes, I know we've We've done golf. We've done golf. We need to get uh, our friend Ed Ruger back on the show because I know that 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 show uh, or the – um, USAM tour, I know, is going to be going to Manikiki here soon. I think he said that was coming up in August, so we need to see if we can connect with him on that. Um, that's right in uh, Peter and Mai's backyard over here in Willoughby. So uh, we definitely need to connect with him. I'll mention, we want to look at Team USA. I'll mention Katie Ledecky swimming. Mm-hmm. She just tied Michael Phelps's record for the most individual gold medals at World Championships. Yes. Maybe a misconception. The sports you see at the Olympics, they are actually performing and they are actually competing every other All year, year round between for sure. the Olympics. But they just they're just individual. They're not with the rest of Team USA that they're not walking out with the track and field athletes and the basketball athletes and everything like that. They have their own world championships in the Winter Olympics, ice skating. There's world championships with that, with gymnastics, all of that stuff. Katie Ledecky. Again, highlighting women's sports here. Like we, well, there it is. Now we, we talk do it all swimming. here. Yeah, and now we talk swimming. Like I'll, I'll break that down any day. But we are out of time. 
here tonight. So that is going to cut it off for how many sports we can cover this week. Which ones will we cover next week? What other news might break? Will we get a breaking news story right before we come on the air? Who will the Guardians trade for? We'll touch on all of that next week. Thank you so much for all of you who have tuned in here tonight. But as a reminder, for Always Positive Jay and Peter Tellup, thanks to our big play family and our sponsors with Vector Technical. Got to remind all you sports fans, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We truly love you all, 3,000. Jay? Don't talk about it. Be about it. That's what we want the Browns to do, and we truly, we again, love you all, 3,000, and live life, all gas, no brakes. That's going to do it for this edition of The Voice Land right here on the Big Play Network. See you next week.